1: afternoon and welcome to soul to soul Always a great honor to be with you and to share thoughts with you um, on a Wednesday afternoon. Today is the 14th of the month of Shvat in the Hebrew calendar, the year 5781. And uh, today is significant because tonight is Tu B'Shvat. Tonight is the 15th day of Shvat. But before we discuss Tu B'Shvat, I just, just wanted to mention that... Um, the secular date is the 27th of January, and uh, that is the anniversary of the liber- liberation of Auschwitz. And the Hebrew date was actually two days ago, on the 12th of Shvat. And we know in 1945, on the 12th of Shvat, so Soviet forces entered into Auschwitz, into the death camp of Auschwitz, and they had no idea what was there, and the gas chambers had been destroyed by the Germans in November of 1944, obviously to try and hide their crimes. And in January, the Nazis began to evacuate the camp. Most of the prisoners were ordered to do the death march, the notorious death march. Um, It lasted for weeks in the freezing cold conditions of of the snow and of the bitter winter of Eastern Europe. Uh, In the end, about 7,000 people survived Auschwitz. Over 1 million people were murdered in that place in Auschwitz, which was the the largest and the most destructive of all the concentration camps in the Holocaust. And it's uh, unbelievable to think that over a million innocent civilians, innocent people were murdered in that death camp. Um, I've been to Auschwitz. I was there in August of 2019. And it's, uh, it's very difficult to describe the experience. You know, there, there's Auschwitz, Auschwitz one and Auschwitz two. Auschwitz one is still intact and you see the camp and you see it was more of a, a work camp. Um, but there were gas chambers. So the smaller gas chambers of Auschwitz one are there and you walk through them, which is just a indescribable chilling experience. And uh, then you go to the site of Auschwitz two, which is a few kilometers away, which was obviously the larger camp was called Birkenau, was its, uh, its name that it was given at the time, or Auschwitz too, and that's where the larger concentration camp was, that's where the larger labor camp was, and that's where the majority of the murders and atrocities took place. And the, the gas chamber over there is now just a, you know, a hole in the ground, It was blown up by the Nazis, you see the rubble, and um, that remains from the Nazis blowing it up, and there's just an a, a indescribable feeling standing there The place where um, a million neshamas, Jewish neshamas went up to Shemaim. Um, Rav Khan says that a place where Jews were murdered Al-Kiddush Hashem for being Jews Is a makom kadosh, it's a holy place And one certainly feels that at Auschwitz the, the power and the energy And the place where so many Jewish souls left this world And were murdered by the Nazis so we remember that, we remember 76 years later, and we remember those atrocities that took place. And it's important that we remember, and it's important that we share that with our families, with our children, with our colleagues, and that we don't forget those terrible atrocities committed against the Jewish people, and that we are our eyes are open and are aware that uh, these things could happen, and we need to not to be naive and ignorant. Um, about the realities of life and about anti-Semitism and about the age-old hatred against the Jews, which we've seen popping its ugly head once more um, at these times with COVID. And with uh, there's been a lot of anti-Semitism around the world, unfortunately. And it's something that we should be aware of and be cognizant of and not turn a blind eye to. Um, okay, so let's move on to more positive things, um, brighter things, more Encouraging things and that is the the date which is tonight and tomorrow the festival of Tubishvat the Mishnah tells us in Rosh Hashanah that the different days of judgment within the Jewish calendar and this day The 15th of Shvat is Rosh Hashanah Le'Ilanos is the new year of the trees is the judgment day of the trees. Why is it now? Um, Because in the northern hemisphere as we know, right now it's winter, and the rain falls in winter. And by this time, the soil is saturated with the with the water, with the rain, and a, the growth and the development of the soil and of the seeds is happening right now. And in particular, the trees. Um, it's, a, it's such an interesting thing that if you look at a tree in winter, so it looks like it's dying. It's lost its leaves. And it's lying bare and it seems like there's no life in the tree. But what's really happening is the sap is running in the tree. And anything that needs to all that needs to take place in order for the renewal and the rejuvenation in the spring is in place right now with the sap running um, up the tree in the middle of winter. And it's a beautiful lesson when we look at the trees now we celebrate Tubishra and we remember Remember that sometimes in life we go through bare patches. We go through cold, bitter winters. But very often the growth that's taking place at that time, that growth is not necessarily seen from the outside, but it's beneath the surface is the essential work that makes us great, that enables us to produce fruits and to be productive human beings. So it's a, it's a message of inspiration that we shouldn't give up hope. And when the times are tough and when things are, are difficult and when we're under pressure, like we all find ourselves right now with the pandemic, and uh, there's a lot of pressure on all of us from so many different angles, whether it's financial pressure, whether it's the stress of of the pandemic and of being exposed to the pandemic, whether it's the difficulty of isolation, of being alone at home and not being able to interact with society in a normal way, um the difficulty of not being sure and not being able to dive in and a minion. Not being able to share the ups and downs of our lives with our community. These are all very difficult things that we are all facing right now. But we shouldn't lose hope and we should take the powerful message of Tubishvat and realise that even when the tree is bare, there is much work that's taking place beneath the surface and the the inner movement is uh, necessary for the for the tree to produce fruits. And likewise, the inner work that we all should be doing now and the processing and the dealing with the difficulties and the overcoming the obstacles um, is a big part of the growth of a human being and ultimately it does bear fruits. So we need to hang in there, keep our heads up high and uh, manage the process as best we can. There's another beautiful, a few more beautiful messages that I'd like to share with you about Tu we're going to take a short, short ad break and I will share them with you
0: when we return. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. When God created the lofty mountains, the oceans teeming with life, the planets and the galaxies, God also thought the world needed one of you. What did you do today to better the world? Big or small, we would love to hear from you. Email Kathy with a K at highfm.com. Share your story. Inspire others. Change the world. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 ChaiFM.
1: One of the biggest and most life-threatening mysteries is how the virus causes silent hypoxia, a condition when oxygen levels in the body are abnormally low. Through the administration of concentrated oxygen, whilst in a pressurized hyperbaric environment, oxygenate assists in reverting this and creating hyperoxia, a state in which oxygen supply is excessive. Fast-track your recovery from long-term COVID effects contact 86 99 We're discussing Tubishvat, the 15th day of Shvat, which begins this evening at 7 o'clock when the sun sets, 7.03. And um, it is and continues tomorrow evening until sunset. And it's a, a day of celebration and a day of appreciating the wonders of creation, Hashem's beautiful world that He gave us to live in, and the great miracle of the trees and the development of the trees and the fruits of the trees. Um, and as I mentioned, it's now because in the northern hemisphere where Eretz Israel is, which is the home of the Jewish people, um, that's where the soil is now saturated. There have been nice rains, Baruch Hashem, in Israel this winter. And the soil is now full of rainwater and all that is necessary is taking place in order for the growth, of the next season of spring and of summer which is uh, which we're heading towards in the northern hemisphere and it's also a day today of course we remember the our love for the land of israel and our deep connection to the land of israel as the jewish people and our ancient connection israel being promised to to the jewish people by hashem to our ancestors to abraham and to sarah and hashem promised that that would be the land for their descendants to Inherit, which Baruch Hashem is the case. And the land is praised. The, the beauty of the land is praised, um, in the Torah. The Torah says that there's certain species, there's certain Minim, the Shiva Saminim, the seventh species for which the land is praised. You can look up the Pasuk That's in the Varim Ches Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse eight. The verse says, Eretz Chita Usoera, the a land of wheat and barley, the Geffen, and of grapes, utaena, and of figs, berimon, and, and pomegranates, eret zeis shemen utbash, a land of olive oil and of honey. And it's referring to the honey that comes from, um, dates, from the date palms. So these are the seven species for which eretz Israel is praised. And therefore, we, it's traditional on to Bishvat to, to eat from the seven species. We say the blessing of Baruch HaTashem eats. Blessed are you Hashem, the master of the universe, who created the fruits of the trees. And then we eat from these trees. We eat from these fruits. We eat, we try and have wheat, which is, um, which is misonous, which is, or, or bread, um, which is wheat flour, um, and we have grapes, and we try and have figs, and pomegranates, and, um, olives, and dates. Uh, it's obviously best to have them from Eretz as well. If you can get them, if they're accessible, And even if not, just to have these fruits and to remember that these fruits are specifically uh, unique in Eretz Israel, then the land is praised for these fruits. So everybody tonight and tomorrow should try and have as many of the Shiva Salminim as possible in our commemoration, in our celebration of Tubishvat. And there are many people that actually have what's called the Tubishvat Seder, in which they, um, in which they are uh, they, they, there are many things that they say. There are many Kabbalistic teachings because the fruits, they're different types of fruits, and they represent different uh, concepts in Kabbalah in um, in the um, Kabbalistic writings. And it's very famous. The Hasidim are known to have a tish. The Hasidic tish is when um, the Hasidim sit around the table, and they um, the rebbe, the, Hasid, the 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 rabbi who's the leader of of that particular Hasidic group. Um, says blessings on On fruit and the Hasidim all partake in the fruit And uh, they have also the, the Seder as I mentioned with a lot of the Kabbalistic references uh, One great Hasidic, a Beautiful thing he said that um, We are uh, The Pasuk also says That a human being is compared to the Tree of the field And just as a tree has roots And the roots grow into the ground um And the It's necessary that there are strong and healthy roots in order for the tree to survive, in order for the tree to face up to the winds that um, often occur. We see here in South Africa, we just had the cyclone that was in uh, the Mozambican Channel and hit the land, hit land on on uh, Sunday and Monday, and we see in in Limpopo in Kruger Park there were floods and many of the rivers, the Ulyphans River, the Savi River are, are overflowing. Um, so there, and there's been some unfortunate uh, destruction as a result of, of the cyclone and as a result of the rains. And trees that don't have deep roots were uprooted through the heavy winds um, that this storm produced. So the, it's necessary that the trees have deep, strong roots in order for them to face up to the powerful winds. And the Jewish people are the same. The Jewish people, we as uh, the pastor compares human being to a tree. And we also need to have strong roots. Our roots go back to Avram Avinu and to Sarah Imanu, the great patriarchs and matriarchs. And our roots go back to Sinai, to Mount Sinai, where the Jewish people left Egypt and crossed the sea and um, uh, arrived at Mount Sinai and received the Torah where God revealed himself once, only one time in human history has God revealed himself openly to a nation, and that was to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai. And so our roots are very deep, and our roots are very strong, that we need to access our roots. If we don't have a connection to our roots, if we don't know what it means to be a Jew, if we don't know what Chasinai is, and what happened, and how that impacted on all humanity, we don't know that God commanded the world um, from, uh, what life is about what we're doing in this planet what the purpose of our existence is what our life journey should look like and how we should overcome our lowest selves if we're not connected to those roots so when any wind blow they will uproot us and they will blow us away and we won't remain strong and vibrant and healthy and produce fruits. And so it's important that every Jew has a connection to the Jewish roots, understands the privilege of what it means to be a Jew, understands the greatness of our incredible patriarchs and matriarchs, and how they were the trailblazers, and how they were spiritual giants, and introduced a new understanding and approach to life, connected with the creator of the universe, and as a result, we as their descendants... Are carrying on that holy job of bringing God's light and connecting to God in the world. So it's very important that all of us Jews have a connection to our Judaism. It's so so sad. It's so so tragic. Tragic. It literally breaks my heart to see Jews that do not have an understanding and a insight into what it means to be a Jew, into the the power of the Jewish people and the The tremendous value and the tremendous depth and the tremendous beauty that exists in our religion. Unfortunately, many, many Jews have not, um, received an authentic Jewish education and they look at the Torah and the mitzvahs and the Bible as a quaint, cute little, you know, um, cultural connection. Every nation has their culture and we have also cute, quaint culturalities and legends and history. And, and that's just uh, you know we unfortunately, um, we learnt about the stories of the Bible when we were in nursery school, and we've never graduated beyond that nursery school understanding. And our adult uh, mature minds have never exposed to the dead over there, um, which is obviously very sad and very tragic, and it results in us not having any connection to our Jewish roots. And then when the winds of change blow, so Jews get caught up and blown away. They get uh, they get caught up in the tide, and they like we see in those floods of the mighty rivers in the north of South Africa, which are flooding right now, and they get washed away in those floods, and they're not able to hold on to what, to their tradition and to their identity as Jews, um, which of course is a great tragedy. And so it's important that we connect our Jewish roots, and we ensure that we have healthy, strong, vibrant Jewish roots. Um, And therefore, we should uh, make sure that we ourselves are exposed to authentic Jewish education, authentic Torah teachings and Torah understandings, and we make sure that we expose our children to that. And therefore, it's very important that we invest in the Jewish education of our children. And I know it's expensive, and I know it's demanding, and uh, certainly at these times when everybody's under so much pressure financially, but it's the greatest investment you'll make is to give your children an authentic Jewish education, and expose them to what it really means to be a Jew, um, and that's why we see all over the world Jews are caught up in all sorts of movements and all sorts of causes, um, because they don't have deep Jewish roots. And when those winds blow, they get caught up in them. Whether it was the winds of socialism and communism in the 19th century and even today there's very strong liberal winds blowing in the world and many Jews are at the forefront of those movements and uh, often leaving behind their rich Jewish roots and getting washed away and blown away with these tides, which will fade, just like any great storm always fades, the the uh, cyclone has ended um, Cyclone Louise is now died down once it hits land and all of these storms um, all of these phases, all of these movements, uh, eventually do die down. We see very clearly the um, failures of communism and socialism, and how they only bring destruction and suffering on their people, and cause economic um, downfalls and implosions, and ultimately the population suffer as a result. Um, so all of these phases blow away, um, and with the, the the of a Jew should remain, should remain strong and should face up to them and continue to produce Jewish fruits. So just like a tree that has strong roots will now ultimately produce fruits. So we as human beings also need to have strong roots, strong Jewish roots and produce fruits, produce the fruits that are expected, um, for the Jewish people. And, um, what are those roots? So we, our Mishnah tells us, so this is the famous vote that one of the great Hasidic rabbis used to share with his Hasidim. He said that, um what are our, what are the fruits that we produce? So the Mishnah tells us, Eloh, we say this every morning, part of our Birkasa of the blessings of the Torah. <inaudible> These are the fruits that a person, um, uh, eats in this world, and the Karen, which means the principle remains intact in the next world. So there's certain things that we will get, uh, rewarded for, for doing them in this world, and the principle of that investment will be in place when we get to the next world in Olympia. What are these things? And the Mishnah lists a whole list of things. The Mishnah says, kivud ava'im, honoring parents, ugumilos chasadim, um, and acts of kindness, vashkamas, beis samidra, shacharis, Vaarvis, and getting up early for shul in the morning and in the evening. We can't do that now because the shuls are closed and we done not have minyanim. But when they open, um, inviting guests again with COVID, is not safe. So it's not done now, but when the pandemic ends, please God, soon we'll be able to, to do that again. visiting the
0: sick,
1: helping provide for a bride to get married. participating in the funeral. The Iyun um, Tefillah, having kavona when one davans, when one prays, b'avast shalom b'ain le and bringing peace between a person and his fellow, I'm um, bringing peace in families, in communities, in society. And concludes the, the server, Talmud Torah Kanegat Kulam, and the Torah, learning Torah is Kanegat Kulam, if all of these on a scale, all of these wonderful acts, Oh, on a scale, the learning of Torah weighs, balances them all out. That's how great it is, the learning of Torah. So this great Hasidic Rebbe said that since Tubishvat, we're remembering the trees, and it's Rosh Hashanah for Ilanos, and everything's happening in order for the trees to produce their fruits. So, so too, we should also concentrate on the fruits of a human being. And the fruits are these, the list of these activities, um, of these things. And we should therefore all take one of them and do one of them especially well on Tu Bishvat, which are the fruits of human beings. So the suggestion to you, to all of our listeners, is take one of these items on the list. It might be um, honoring parents. It might be doing chesed. There's so many opportunities to do chesed at this time. There's so many people that are alone, that are, are isolated, that are um, at home. And um, a call, a send them a gift, a uh, send them a voice note, of love and of care and that you're thinking of them really goes a tremendous way. So let's all try to do that tonight and tomorrow on Tubishvat, either honoring parents or doing an act of kindness or um, the other things we can do is, is somebody who's ill to inquire on them. Unfortunately, we know so many people that have COVID and that are uh, recovering from COVID to, to send them a message and to give them support. Um also goes a long way. I, I had COVID in the first wave and uh, I received many, many messages of thanks. I didn't want to speak on the phone because it's a bit, when you're not feeling so good, you don't want to speak on the phone. But, uh, each one, each message I got was, was meaningful to me and uplifted me. So we shouldn't take that for granted. Send somebody who's not well a message. um contribute to a color, somebody who is planning to get married, help, help them pay for the, uh, wedding expenses. Um, if there's a funeral, it's a big mitzvah to go to a funeral. I know with COVID it's dangerous, but one can do so by being still be careful with all of the um, with all of the different um, uh, requirements of social distancing. Um, have kavona in tefillah. This is a, a it's important time. Even though we can't daven in, in shul, even though we can't daven in, in a minion, but we still must daven and we still must put a tremendous amount of effort into our tefillah. The way God designed the world is is the key to unlock the blessings from Shemaim from heaven is our prayers, our tefillah. So we all need to be davening every day and asking Hashem to end this terrible pandemic and to bring rufo Shalema to so many people that are ill that we know, and to um, to bring peace and to bring healing and to bring prosperity to the Jewish people and to the entire world. And of course, the last one over here, the second last one, is bringing peace between one a person and his fellow. We all unfortunately know of. Of disputes and of uh, and of machloikus of of individuals or of families where there's not peace, there's not harmony, there's not love, but there's rather animosity and fighting. And if we can do something to end that and to bring peace between our fellows, that's a, a tremendous thing. And finally, the last one on the list is is Talmud Torah. So we can all learn Torah. Everybody should be learning tonight and tomorrow. Learn more than you usually learn. Learn some Torah. Listen to a Shi'ur, listen to Chai FM to, um, soul to soul between one and three on Chai FM in order to, uh, ensure that we, uh, learn Torah. So we all need to learn Torah as well. So it's a wonderful uh, idea, isn't it? That on Tubishvat, um, where the fruits are being prepared, where we look, where the fruits are being judged, that we should also, uh, participate in the fruits of our labors, of our existence. And do one of these things and do one of these things well on Tibishvat. Um we're gonna have an ad break. When we come back, we can discuss the incredible Shira Sayyam, Pashas Bashalach, and the song that these Jewish people sang at the sea.
0: Please stay with us. High FM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. If you have an issue that you are dealing with and need to talk, remember that High FM has a helpline for you. 22 trained counselors are standing by to speak to you. It's anonymous. It will not be broadcast. We are here to help you. 24 hours, 7 days a week. Call 0800-242436. 24 24 the high FM helpline. Caring, compassionate, confidential. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxstein on one oh one point nine High FM.
1: So this week we read in in the Torah reading. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, the schools are closed, so we won't be reading from the Torah. But we should read the Pasha ourselves. And uh the, there's an obligation to Targum to read the Pasha twice, then read the Targum once, you can read the English once, which fulfills that requirement. Um and, uh, we read this week about the incredible events that took place when the Jewish people were at the sea at Yamsuf. Yamsuf, um was a, an unbelievable revelation of Hashem's power in the world. Although the Jewish people saw God's might in Mitzrayim in Egypt, with the 10 plagues, and they left with Marcus Bacchorus, with the 10th plague, which was the night of the 15th of Nisan, and they um, left that night and uh, they then traveled in the desert, so all um, close to 3 million people traveled together in the desert and they um, had a tremendous, uh, they got to the sea, and the sea was dark and it was at night when they got to the sea and they cried out to Hashem. And Hashem said, don't cry out. It's not a time to cry out. It's a time to travel. And Nachshon ben Aminadav, the great leader of Shevet Yehuda, he stepped into the dark water. When you ever look at the sea at night, it's a very frightening thing. And here you got got um, almost three million people, men, women, children. And Nachshon steps in and starts walking. And uh, large numbers of Klai Israel follow him, and they walk into the sea and they keep walking and walking and When the water reaches his nostrils, so the sea opens up, of course, there were already thousands of people um, were there and were um, and were in the sea, and the sea now splits miraculously all of. Klai Israel walk through the sea, tremendous miracles taking place at the sea, and they can get water and drink it, and they could see through, it was transparent, and they, uh, the, 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 the sand became hard so they could walk on it, just unbelievable miracles taking place in front of their eyes, they walk through and the Egyptian army is pursuing them because Pharaoh had changed his mind, and the sea closes behind them on the Egyptians, on Pharaoh and on his army and all of their wealth that they came, because it was the, uh, the, when they fought wars in ancient times, they used to have um, a lot of their wealth on their chariots and on their horses. All of that rose to the top for Kla Yisrael. And the Jewish people sang in unison Shira. They sang the beautiful song of Az Yashir, Moshe of Nasus, Ashir Azos. The beautiful song that we say, that's in the Parsha this weekend, we said every morning, every morning in our services, we say Az Yashir, this beautiful, powerful, Song that they sang with Ruach Hakodesh with, with Nivu, with prophecy. In other words, they hadn't rehearsed it before, but together, um, the the words just came out because they had a prophecy. They had a very high level of prophecy at the Yam, at the Sea, um, when those miracles were happening right in front of their eyes, and that was an event that that uh concretized the immuna of Clay We're talking about the roots of the Jewish people. This was one event that built very powerful roots of the within the, the tree of of the Jewish people, of every Jew, and it d- displayed to us all, to all of the Jewish people, of God's power, of God's omnipotence, and of God's love for Claysra, of God's love for the Jewish people. And the the uh, prophets tell us that even the our sages tell us that even and the lowest, the most simple of, of Klai Yisrael reached a level of Nebuah of Yecheskel was the prophet who had the clearest vision of Hashem apart from Moshe Rabbeinu. He saw what's called the Maseh Merkava. He saw Hashem's chariot, whatever that means. He saw how the uh, Hashem controls the world with the um, legions of angels in the heavens and how the universe functions, he got insight into that. That's what the Master of is, which is a very, very powerful prophecy. It says that even the most simple of the Jewish people had a greater perception of Hashem's power than even Yechezkel, than uh, the, the great prophet Yechezkel. So Klai's were raised to a very high spiritual level and they saw Hashem in a very clear and powerful way. And that's something which will always remain an event that upon which we draw inspiration from, upon which we remember and we understand that within our DNA as the Jewish people, we too, even today can draw, can build our faith in God and our connection to God and our understanding of the power and the existence of God from that event. And the Masilo Shalom says a beautiful thing. He says, why only then could they did they have Ruach HaKodesh, but they sing Shira. They saw Hashem's presence. They believed in Hashem in Egypt as well before they came out through the place. And he says that there are three levels of emuna. There's el- Emunah b'moach. There's an intellectual understanding of God's existence. There's emuna belev. That's when that intellectual understanding actually um, influences our life and we live with that consciousness and that awareness. And there's an en- Emunah B'Evarim. That actually our actions, it's not only in our head and it's not only something that we feel very deeply, but our physical um, behavior, the limbs with which we uh, carry out the activities in our lives, are infused with their munna, are filled with that understanding of God's presence and with the inspiration to serve God in this world. And that was the level they reached at, at Yamsuf at the sea. And they walked into the sea. Their legs carried them and took them into the sea. That's how powerful and how far-reaching the Emunah was. And that's what David Amelech says, Libi el kelchai, That my uh, heart and my flesh will praise the living God. That's not just only the heart and the mind, but also actually the flesh. Our bodies are, are infused with, with the light of Emunah. And there's such a beautiful vote of the Noam Elimelech, Rabbi Elimelech of Lijensk. Rabbi Elimelech of Lijensk was one of the great Hasidic rabbis. Um, uh, went to his, I uh, was privileged to go to his kever, his grave in, in Lijensk, in Poland, um, which is about in between, um, Lublin and Krakow. And it's an incredible place, just an incredible place. The, the power of that place is, is, is unbelievable. You could only understand it when you experience it yourself. Um and Ravi Emelech says an amazing thing. He says, the Pasuk says, the Jewish people walked, on the dry land in the sea. He says the Jewish people reach the level that even if they're on the Yabasha, uh, on the dry land, they betrach ayam. They see the miracles as if they were walking through the sea. That was their level. In other words, they realized that everything that exists in this world is an incredible miracle. It is only through Hashem's blessing. It's through Hashem's creation and sustenance of life and of the world that we live in. So they or came to this realization, came to this understanding, mm-hmm. that even if they are even if they're on the dry land, it's like they were like to see yet open, because even the teva, even the natural world, is filled with the miracles of God, and there's no real difference between a miracle and nature, because it all is God's miraculous works that gives us life in this world. So that's close. So I reached that level. They saw that. And that's what the Ramban says at the end of, of last week's Parsha, the end of He says that anybody who doesn't realize that the natural world is miraculous and is no less miraculous than the, than the revealed miracles doesn't have a chalek but Moshe Rabbeinu, doesn't have a portion in uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's Torah. In other words, that's the basic fundamentals of a Jew is we see God's light and God's blessing, God's existence in the world all around us. We don't need miracles to, to show. Miracles showed us that once, but now we know that that's everywhere. That's everything in the, in the natural world as well. And that's why I'm a huge fan of the bush. Of going, We're very privileged here in Africa to be able to go to the bush, which is the, 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 the game reserves. The greater Kruger area has got um, the magnificent creation as it was thousands of years ago. And we see the perfection of God's creation. We see the miracles and the wonders and the sophistication. And the intricate perfection of every aspect of nature, whether you're looking at the birds, whether you're looking at the lizards, whether you're looking at the insects, whether you're looking at the animals and the trees and the grass and the and the mountains and the river, it's just magnificent and it's perfect. And you see the vastness and perfection of Hashem in a clear, obvious way. And that's the greatness of Hashem. There's a creator. For that to have happened by chance and accident is impossible, is ridiculous, is just foolish. It's just uh, throwing away all logic and all basic elementary thought and believing the nonsense that they sell you at the universities and with the liberal media that it's all an accident. It just can't be. It's impossible. So the, the basic mindset of a Jew is to see, even by Yabashu says Rabbi Elimelech of is to understand that the world is filled with God's miracles and the existence of life is just so miraculous every moment of life. And that was achieved by Kral Yisrael. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment.
0: CHAI FM 101.9 MHz of Life This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 CHAI FM
1: end off with the uh, important idea that we should all understand and realize that even though the Jewish people had this great moment of inspiration at Yamsuf, and they saw Hashem in a clear and open way, that inspiration doesn't last very long and it, it fades away. And that's uh, symbolized by the, uh, the Jewish people. So we have Pesach and we have the first, uh, the, the eight days of Pesach. First day is the day we came out. The seventh day is when we, the sea split. And we, out of Israel, we have an, an extra day, an eighth day, um, and then we, the Jewish people, were in the desert, where nothing grows, and that's Sefirah Saei. They didn't count it all the way until Shavuos, where they had to now the inspiration was gone, and they now had to develop that inspiration themselves um, through their normal, natural lives to see God reveal Himself to them. But now they had to integrate that and see that in the normal course of events in their normal life. In a, in a place where it was barren, where nothing grows, which means they didn't have that same inspiration, and they had to develop it themselves. And that really is the pattern of all of life, is that Hashem gives us an inspiration like a relationship. Hashem gives us that romance and those first weeks of um, first meeting where the couple, it's just everything is wonderful, and they um, they have the most incredible time and see how incredible the other person is. And then that inspiration goes, and they got to work hard. They, they get married, and they have to now... Um, experience life together and the ups and downs and, and vicissitudes of life and then hopefully they can do the work and get to that level which was a gift in their romantic stage um, when they after many years of hard work and dedication of building a relationship together and then it's theirs then they've achieved it so that's the pattern of life and that's something we should remember is that you know when we watch uh, Netflix and we watch the movies it looks like inspiration is supposed to last forever and it looks like you know Life is supposed to be just one great time. And if you're not having a great time all the time, so there's something wrong and there's uh, it's, uh, there's something that has to change. It's, that's not reality. Reality is that everything is – there's always a struggle. In everything, if we want to achieve anything in life, we have to struggle. There has to be blood, sweat, and tears, whether it's a relationship, whether it's uh, keeping fit and keeping our body in shape, whether it's building our business. There's a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, and then we can achieve the level – that we hope to achieve. So it's important to remember that the inspiration of Yamsuf, where the Jewish people saw Hashem and they sang with tremendous emotion and enthusiasm, it didn't last very long. And they then had to take that experience and integrate it into their lives and live with that knowledge. And that's called Emunah. Emunah is faithfulness to a knowledge, the knowledge that they have, that they saw. And we as Jews know that the nation of Israel came out of Egypt went through the sea, received the Torah on Sinai. That's the knowledge we have. We have to now integrate that into our everyday existence, into the mundane daily lives that we all have. And then we can build and work and grow and achieve great things on our own. That's our own achievement if we remain loyal to that knowledge, live lives of emuna, loyal to God's commandments, loyal to serving Hashem, overcoming our yetzor and our lower self, doing the mitzvahs and being mobile human beings where we work on ourselves and develop ourselves and then we have grown and achieved and then that will be our own that, that, that those levels will be levels that weren't given to us as a gift but rather through our hard work and our dedication and our commitment to what's right, to being faithful to the knowledge which is emuna, which is faith in God. So it's great to be with you and always great to share ideas with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Please God will Share some more ideas next Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.
0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.